0: Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. And it is, the, uh, it is the, the lesson here for this. I don't think I've mentioned it yet today. I feel bad about that. Today, we are celebrating the transfiguration of our Lord. And so we're going to read that story here real quick. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them and there appeared to them Elijah with Moses and they were talking with Jesus and Peter said to Jesus rabbi it's good that we're here let us make three tents one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah for he didn't know what he was he didn't know what to say for they were terrified and a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Good morning, church. Good morning. Okay, I'm gonna give you another shot at it. How's everybody doing today? Great, super. Thank you. <laughs> and when I lava a softball across the plate, you gotta swing. Um, so yeah, today is uh, Transfiguration, and today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, what? It, I know there's some people who are football fans who love watching the Super Bowl, but a lot more people watch Super Bowl. Why? with the commercials, of course. And you know, it's been a long-standing practice of advertising to use celebrities to sell your products. The idea is you put a face that people like and trust on the product, and then they'll like and trust the product, you know? Like, um, Ryan Reynolds is the face of Mint Mobile. Why? He's handsome. He's charming. He's funny. But there's handsome, funny, and charming people who are not on Super Bowl commercials. (laughs) Right? But he's a well-known actor as well. And so, you know, people feel like they know him. They feel like they can trust him. What does he know about cell phones? I don't know. Maybe a lot, but I don't know. Doesn't matter. The ads work. I remember... um, I remember Gatorade commercials in the, in the nineties, uh, for some of y'all, this was in the last century, just so you know, um, Gatorade commercials. And, uh, and the message was be like Mike. Y'all remember the like Mike commercials? It was like a bun- it was a bunch of people playing basketball on like a community court, you know, with the chain link fence, the whole thing. Um, But Michael Jordan was there with them playing, and they're laughing, and they're sweating, and they're loving the game, and they all, including Michael Jordan, are drinking Gatorade. And the message is clear. Drink Gatorade, and you can be like Mike. This afternoon, you will probably see dozens of ads during the big game for all sorts of stuff. Many of them will use this same tried and true strategy, celebrity endorsements. Companies are banking millions of dollars on the fact that this kind of advertising works. And by and large, it does. In our reading today, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus got an endorsement, the likes of which money can't buy. So um, if you get got your Bible open, and it's okay if you don't, but if you do, you look at the story when Peter addresses Jesus. You Remember what he called him? Rabbi. rabbi. If you're a rabbi, your teaching will be about the law, and the prophets. You want the scriptures to support your arguments. You will spend your career saying things like according to Moses. So what must it mean for the disciples to see Jesus there with Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus? He didn't seek them out in the scriptures. They came to visit him. They left the joys and comforts of heaven because they had a chance to have a conversation with Jesus. That's a a pretty good endorsement, right? If I've ever heard of one, especially if you're a rabbi. It isn't just that, you know, Jesus correctly interpreted the scriptures. It's not like the law and the prophets We're on his side. Moses and Elijah are at Jesus' beck and call. They are subordinate to him. But you know the Mount of Transfiguration is not about Jesus' credentials as a rabbi. That's not what this event's about. There is another person on this mountain, and his words carry even more weight than all of the law and prophets combined. Jesus gets another endorsement, not as a rabbi. He gets a, there's a voice. This cloud descends on the mountaintop and surrounds them. Just like in the days of old with Moses. This cloud comes and surrounds them and a voice speaks out of the cloud. Just like with Moses. Only this time, he's not giving the law. This time, he says... This is my beloved son. If you're Peter, James, and John, I think in that moment, it's gotta be easy to believe, right? Because he looks like God's son. He's there, shining, brilliant white. I guess Mark must've had laundry duty or whatever, right? Because Matthew's like, he's shown like lightning. And Mark's like, You can't bleach clothes this white. (laughs) Okay. But Jesus is there, radiant, shining, and and his divinity is on display, which Jesus walks around with every day, but is most of the time hidden. But now that inner light of Jesus is is now an outward light. It it surfaces, and it's awe-inspiring. And Scripture says that they were talking, well, I mean, Like, a lot of times when Peter opens his mouth, he doesn't know what to say, but he's talking anyways. But in in particular, it says, you know, he didn't know what to say because they were terrified. They're overwhelmed by this presence of Jesus. And Peter wants to stay. I would too. Because he's got this little piece of paradise right here. This little this little glimpse of the glorious presence of Jesus and who wouldn't want to stay there, you know? But transfiguration wasn't a a long trip. Staying wasn't the plan. They climbed the mountain, but pretty soon they're going to head back down. And this side of Jesus, this brilliant, radiant side of Jesus... You wouldn't see it again until after the resurrection. And even then, only rarely, until after his ascension. So so what's the point? What's the point of this whole thing? Why climb the mountain and reveal all of this for just a moment? Couldn't Jesus walk around with the lights on all the time? It would have made his job a lot easier, wouldn't it? I, I shortened the words of the Father a minute ago because it's the words that usually stick out to me. But I don't want to read the whole thing. A voice comes from the cloud and says, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. You know, I've, I've heard those words many times. I've read them many times. And I've always thought about them in a general way. You know, like, this is my beloved son. So whenever Jesus speaks, pay attention. This is my beloved son. So whatever Jesus tells you to do, you need to listen and do it. And that's all right and appropriate and proper, fine. But for as many times as I've read this passage, I don't think I could have told you what the next thing Jesus says is. God says, listen to him. And I'm like, cool, sometime, and I tune out, like, immediately. And if you don't remember what Jesus said next either, that's okay. I'm going to remind you here, because I think this is important. And I think it's crazy that, that God says, listen to him, and then we sort of skip. This week, getting ready for this sermon, I paid attention. And to do that, it, it helps. I read a few extra verses that we didn't read this morning. You know, um, you can do that too. If you want to read a few extra verses in your Bible, I'm not going to tell you no. So what we got at the end of our reading is Jesus is, is back to looking his normal self and they're walking down the mountain. And Jesus told them to keep what they saw under wraps until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. the first thing that Jesus said after the father said to listen to him was Jesus matter-of-factly predicted his death and resurrection. And that, I believe, is the key to understanding what transfiguration is all about. Because Jesus was very blunt and direct about his impending death and resurrection. He just put it out there. But if you keep reading verse 10, verse 11, the disciples were not ready to hear it. Jesus says, don't tell anybody until after the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And they're like, what do you think he meant by that? <laughs> like, not dead, dead, obviously. Like, not risen, risen, obviously. Did I lose my mic? No. Okay, cool. Oh, I just lost my, my ears. Um, Yeah, so like he's telling them, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise. And and it'll be in a timely fashion. You'll remember today when it happens, right? They're just not ready to hear it. And so they go through all this sort of mental gymnastics about like, what The, the way Mark says it is they kept the matter to themselves, discussing what risen from the dead meant. He meant risen from the dead, right? And they don't ask him. They ask him about Elijah. They're like, well, doesn't it say that Elijah has to come first and they just saw Elijah and cool? They never ask him what he meant. And I think it's because they didn't want to face it. They didn't want to think about it. They weren't prepared for the idea that the glorious son of God that was just revealed to them would suffer and die. They wanted to stay in the glory. They didn't want to face the cross. But what was the point of the transfiguration? I think it happened so that they had a vision to hold on to. What they saw on that mountaintop, that's the same thing that Stephen sees right when he's being martyred, right? He looks up and he sees Jesus glorious, right? And the heavens opened up. This transfiguration happened so that they would have a picture of where things are going. So they would have a picture on what was gonna happen on the other side of the grave. You know, in Christ, there is no other road to glory except through the cross. There is no way around it for Jesus. And if you are a Jesus follower, there's no way around it for you either. This mountaintop experience for Peter, James, and John, it lasted for a moment. But the glory on the other side of the cross, the glory on the other side of the empty tomb, it lasts forever We are, this morning, I believe, kind of in one of those mountaintops, right? We get to be in the presence of Christ, celebrate him, right? To bask in his glory. And we should do that. Sundays are made for that. And he brought you here today for that. But you know, just around the corner, it's Ash Wednesday and Lent. And there's a lot of folks who would rather skip over those darker and heavier days. Just go straight from Transfiguration to Easter. There's a lot of folks who would like to skip right past the cross and go straight on to the glory. But you can't skip the cross while following Jesus. That said, and this is important, the cross is also not an end. Jesus didn't say, keep this under wraps until I die. He says, keep this under wraps until I rise from the dead. The dark days will pass. Easter is coming. And it's the hope of the resurrection that carries us through the dark days in between. I know we've all got some struggles. You got your mountaintop experiences and you got those times down in the valley. And I know it, It would be nice if we could stay on the mountaintop all the time. But I'm telling you, friends, those moments are just a hint. They're just a taste. They're just a reminder of where we're going and where Jesus will carry you when we get to the other side. That's the hope of Christ. And that's the gospel we have to share. And it's in that hope um, I want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you revealed your glory in your Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and even that, you know, only as much as we could handle. And we know there's uh, so much more than that. I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we walk through the dark times, as we descend the mountain, we will keep that vision of Christ in our minds, that picture of the hope and life that awaits us on the other side. Lord, help us be courageous to not shy away from the cross. We are not ashamed of the cross, Lord. We give you thanks for it. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that now that Christ has risen, we would no longer keep this to ourselves. that we would share this message with everyone who needs to hear it. And that's everyone. All these things we pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.